Welcome to the Watcher's Diaries. It's me again, Mr. Frog. And this is the second part of the episode, Band Candy. So if you're just jumping in, you should go back an episode and listen. For all our weekly listeners, I have prepared a four-minute recap for you. Here it is. Kevin! Oh. Why did we give him this power? Because I control space <laughs> and time now. Every every offer comes with a price. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 6, Band Candy. Oh, yay. The one everybody can't wait for. We have a brand new guest star in Julian. Brand new guest star. Fresh and shiny and new. So, Band Candy. It aired November 10th, 1998. And this was the first episode to be written by Jane Espenson. All the adults did an amazing job in this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, playing playing oh, the teenagers, yeah. So, okay. Our synopsis. Funky Candy <laughs> triggers constant cravings among Sunnydale's adults, including Giles and Buffy's mom. Gone Wild is actually... Because it also reminds me of so 90s, those those yeah. terrible commercials. Teens gone wild. Parents, you know? parents, parents gone, gone wild. wild. This week, we start off in the graveyard where Giles is helping Buffy prep for the SATs. And you're just starting to think, well, it has to be B because we haven't had that in a while. They're not going to give the same letters. We have to try something different. I mean, like, you got to keep only the freshest drunken heads in your cabinet of curiosities. My, my theory is he owns the art gallery. <laughs> that, that that uh buffy's mom works at it was the true story of seven strangers picked to live in a house and have their lives taped and find out what happens when people stop being polite and start being real it's fozzy wigs old rubber chicken factory there's a lot of peer pressure in this episode pusher i was just gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> uh, wrong oh, choice buffy. buffy wrong choice no, 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 uh, uh, no. <laughs> Cut. Cut. Angel, who is doing Tai Chi? Shirtless. And sweaty. No, I wouldn't say it, that is necessarily totally the case. Um, but like, totally. No. Just, just most of the time. Arriving home, Buffy finds her mother. And Giles. Oh, busted. Busted Buffy. Oh. Giles' ex-boyfriend is back. Back again. (laughs) He's back. Tell your friends. They're all stuck there, okay? (laughs) So why don't they just sit quietly and pretend to be reading something until they're sure old Commandant Snyder is really gone? (laughs) Then they're all out of there. (laughs) Does he think she noticed anything? And Giles. Oh. Oh, Giles. Here we go. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, as he turns from the mantle, he's lighting a cigarette <sighs> in Hello, Ripper. Hello, Ripper. There's no relaxing in a car being driven by Buffy in this episode. Oh, my God. Why were we robbed of Giles having a band? Nah, he wants to go out, tear things up a bit, handing him some gel. Joyce says they could go to the bronze. Not happening. That place is dead. Cue a packed bronze. <laughs> Are there any nachos in here, little tree? Fun city. <laughs> I, uh, every time Snyder opens uh, his mouth from this point on, I just can't help but crack up. I know. Armin, I, I love Armin Shimmerman. Episode. He says to call him Snyder. Just a last name, like Barbarino. 
Oh, he is so stoked. Willow says they're acting like a bunch of, Buffy finishes the thought for her. They're acting like a bunch of them. Teenagers. Ripper would want to do what he wants to do. And I, I would assume Ethan would probably try to rein him in. But, Ethan, rain! You know, rain! <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that you're all caught up, I'm going to pick up right where we left off with part two. We return to the bronze, which has not gotten any less strange. Buffy says something is definitely changing them, and Willow wonders if it isn't a spell. Teenagers. Oz says it's a sobering mirror to look into. (laughs) Snyder thinks Oz's hair is great. (laughs) Snyder's not wrong. Yeah, it's a brief, like, (laughs) my future that, like, sort of flashes over Oz's face looking at Snyder's balding, like, dome piece. It's just like, (laughs) oh, boy. And Snyder complimenting him on his hair. Bored dads slash grown-up type people take to the stage singing Louie Louie. <laughs> As Willow says, the whole thing just keeps getting more and more upsetting. <laughs> the thing I love also is there must be like traditionally adult spaces. This is the young children. Yeah, club, yeah. Right? And the adults aren't going to adult bars, adult whatever nightlife exists outside of the bronze for people over 21. They're not going to those spaces. They are going to the young children nightclub. So it's it's not even like we're gonna go get fucked up and have a good time. It's like we're going to the youth space. Yeah, yeah. They're invading they're invading their space and it's upsetting. Yeah. Buffy tells them that no vampire has ever been this scary. <laughs> we then notice just how many of the adults have candy bars in their hands. Two bump into each other and a fight breaks out, which Snyder is very excited about. I love it. It's so good. Buffy's had enough. They need to figure out what's going on. As she, Willow, and Oz start to leave, Snyder follows. They're not trying to ditch him, are they? (laughs) As they climb in the car, which is parked right outside, someplace that I do not think is a parking space. Uh, Well, Well, considering Buffy did fail her tests and she drove so yeah would you have preferred she parallel parked mary oh no <laughs> she probably parked in a loading zone <laughs> you mean parallel crashed into two cars this is because okay for those who can't see the video screens going on right now um that comment was pointed because i can't parallel park i can't either i can't either Oz says they should find giles he'll know what's going on right maybe but for all they know he's sweet 16 again He's with her mom at his place, right? Uh-oh. Buffy takes off after Snyder climbs in the car. And as she peels down the road, Snyder declares that she drives like a span. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. A line that I am guessing was removed in England for yes. the same reason Willow's line in an earlier episode was. Yeah, it's a, <clears throat> it's not a very, especially in England, and it's it's one of those words that now they're trying to move away from too, just because it's used a lot against people with developmental disabilities and okay. things like that. So yeah, it's one of those words. Different implied connotation. Yeah. Yep. In another part of town, two men prepare to drag race as other grown-ups frolic in the park <laughs> with their around, cars, playing frisbee, <laughs> making, making out. out. The local mailman sits there reading everyone's mail I and giggling. Love that 
so I much. do too. But it makes me wonder, like, what the people in Sunnydale are getting in their mail because all I ever get is flyers for roofing. Well, wait, this is the nineties. People send letters. Yeah. yeah, that is true. We that had email, so it's not like we didn't have email. We were on the internet, but not in the same way. Yeah, like, yeah. So much more shit was still mailed. Oh, oh, people did not know what the internet was back then. Yeah. Oh, people still don't know what the internet is now. But... Yeah. They think they do, and that's way more dangerous. I love the two guys. Oh, yeah. I love the two guys that are getting ready to drag race in their piece of shit cars. Oh, yeah. Uh, eating the eating chocolate. Eating the chocolate. Mm, piece of candy. <laughs> Willow says they just have to get to Giles. Everything will be okay once they reach him. Oz agrees. Even if Giles is 16, he's still Giles, right? <laughs> Pretty together. Willow and Buffy do the well thing, and Oz says what? Buffy tells him that Giles at 16 was less together and more black magic, hates the world, taking time off. So then yep. her mom's probably in a bit of trouble. Cue panicked look. <laughs> Joyce and Giles, it turns out, are wandering about Main Street. Joyce thinks it must be exciting being from England, and Giles says not particularly, before asking if she feels cold. No, she feels special. That has nothing to do with temperature, Joyce. <laughs> no. Like she's just waking up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like getting married and having a kid and everything was just a dream, but now things are getting back to the way they're supposed to be. They pass a shop, and Joyce buys a jacket that she likes in the window. One she says is very Juice Newton. Giles asks if she fancies it, and she does, but the store's closed. That's not a problem for Ripper, <laughs> oh. who takes a trash can and smashes the glass to Joyce's delight. <laughs> Joyce? Like, I know we've been talking about this the whole episode, but it makes me wonder what kind of guy she dated before Buffy's dad. Oh. I know. I know. Or, or was Buffy's dad somebody very different when no, they were dating? No, and then, no, 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 no. You look he's at Hank and you girl. know this guy did not have. Yeah, you can tell that like he's kind of a little. She's not like just like conservative as we think of it now, but she's a, a little more conservative. She likes softer music. She likes those sort of things. She's a she's a not like a good girl, but she's not like a bad girl. Yeah. She's just, He's easily led. There's like, ah, oh, there's this like. Well, she was like dangerous and bad. She was on the yearbook. Ooh. Yeah, she wants to impress him. Yeah, she wants to impress him, and you impress them and by yes handing and, them. And it's exciting, and she's excited, like, because here's this guy who just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's you're attracted to the danger, and she gets like, to have the fun that she didn't really have probably when she was a teenager. Well, not maybe not this kind of fun. But yeah, like, it is. He's attracted to the danger. Like, yeah, girls, like <laughs> especially good girls, like bad guys, because they have different boundaries. Yeah, they let you push your boundaries to keep up with them, and sort of explore that sort of danger side of yourself, in that isn't your typical norm. Yeah, again, Ripper, what consequences? I'm throwing a trash can through a window to get my girl a coat. But the other, <laughs> the like, other thing that I do like, that. the other thing I do like about giles as ripper in this scene i love how they're walking with his arm over her shoulder and he is concerned if she's cold like yeah he's a bad boy but he's gonna make sure his girl's okay oh yeah yeah it's the total grease guy you know exactly that's 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 exactly what it is it's like kanicki you know oh (laughs) 
climbs in, grabbing both a jacket and a hat, which he himself wears. And just when you thought uh, River Giles couldn't get any cuter. Oh, he just... And the way he puts the hat on and his hair is all done and he has the eyeliner on. <sighs> Joy says that was very brave and lets him help her put it on. <laughs> very brave. It's brave of you to vandalize that window and steal me a coat. <laughs> oh, Joy. Which, which is when a cop arrives telling them to hold it. So Juice Newton is an American pop and country singer and songwriter. She began recording songs in 1975 and is still doing so today. She was nominated five times for the Grammys, and she actually won once in 1983. She's won AMC Awards, Billboard Awards, People's Choice Awards, all sorts of things. I did not recognize a single one of her songs. No. Wasn't no. It, well, I was looking her up. Was that Angel of the Morning hers? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. 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 I couldn't, I I wouldn't have been able to tell you that that was Juice Newton. Like, I wouldn't have, except for the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah. But yeah, but like, again, the, it falls right into like the Seals and what Croft. Seals like Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. When she's, yeah. yeah, Seals and Croft and Juice Newton are along the yeah. same lines. For a brief moment, we switch back to the car where Snyder thinks they should start doing donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, another car driven by one of the candy-eating men plows right into the side of them. Back with Giles and Joyce, Giles begins to taunt the officer. Cropper's got a gun, does he? He'll never use it. The cop says they'll see, and we do see that there's a candy bar in his pocket, though. It's unsure whether he's eaten any, as I think if he had eaten some, he wouldn't really care about no, no, what I... Joyce and Giles were doing. Yeah, I don't think he had any candy. I'm not so sure because like there was always that kid, you know, the Boy Scout one that was always, you know, like goody goody and became a cop, you know, for actual cop reasons. Uh, <laughs> and he might just still be, you know, a in that mindset. Goody. That's who he was. When te- that's when he was a teenager, you know, because yeah. because some people are doing every, you know, all the shenanigan people are out. But some people are doing other things that, um, you know, uh, teenagers did at the time. That could be. Joyce clinging to a street sign tells him to be careful, and Giles uses that split second of distraction on the officer's part to disarm him and, well, beat the crap out of him, which goes back to what we were talking about with the difference between Ethan and Giles. Mm-hmm. Giles is a hands-on kind of guy, something I don't think any of us are sad about. No, no, he can be uh, hands-on anytime. <laughs> but we do need to get serious for like half a second. Okay, yes. Because this moment, while still loads of fun in the show, because we all love seeing Hoodlum Giles, does play a bit differently given the current climate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And even in some way, given Trick's comments in earlier episodes, because there is a high level of white privilege in this Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Giles is coming at a police officer taunting him this guy has a gun on him and he never fired yeah yeah and giles beats the shit out of a cop and walks away and more than the fact that he's white and he's british he's an upper class kid playing at being a hoodlum oh yeah yeah and that was always the thing about that was always the thing about ripper is he was always the upper class kid yeah and it's just 
given everything that's that's going on in the world, I think we would be a little remiss if we did not me- at least mention that. Yeah. We don't have to go into a lot of depth, yeah. but we do have to mention that. And and with the whole upper class kid playing a female hoodlum, so this is one of the things Anthony talked about in the interview because he said there was two ways they could play Giles. They could go full private school, Hugh Grant, which keeps a little bit of plum in the back of the throat. Mm-hmm. Or that they could go street. And he says that he remembers being a teenager and his father correcting the way he talked all the time and saying, oh, you're going to thank me for it one day. And so they talked about it and they talked about the fact that it, it just made sense that given Giles, a big part of Giles' story is that he's running away from his duties, his responsibilities, he's running away from his family, that Giles big rebellion would be taking on this mm-hmm. like hoodlum persona the low the lower the lower british class he's he wants to be he's like slumming. common people yeah. yeah he wants to be like <laughs> common people yeah. Yeah. yes and but, anthony says it, it's a thing that still happens he'll get into a cab in london and all of a sudden it'll be like yeah all right mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but it, it is like giles giles I don't know Ethan's background. Ethan's probably also got more of a posh than not background to him, but we, I don't know that I know I mean, that, that whole sure. group seemed to be made like, of fairly, I think yeah. it was like a bunch of rich kids who decided yeah. to go. Yeah. So Giles does say he fell in with the worst crowd that would take him. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, no, was I, I would say crowd? Ethan yeah. and Giles might have might have gone in there together like they were almost like a tag team before they joined the group but do we know that like or but there, no there we know we don't. The same thing. but it's like fuck consequences right like yeah Giles is gonna fuck with this cop who has a gun which is silly because it's an american and haha cops with guns whatever cops and robbers but like <laughs> you can see that he doesn't give a fuck about consequences no and no in a lot of ways until they had i always say it wrong the mark of Igon situation yeah. Like he didn't have consequences, and then he had the worst consequences. So Ripper didn't feel the repercussion of his actions until it came out in the worst way. And this is Ripper, you know, pre like, oh, yeah, my consequences ended in death. Like where you do whatever the fuck you want and you don't care. And that is like elite, like elite British white boy privilege in this situation. But fuck consequences. He's having yeah. fun. He's showing off for his girl. Yeah. He's a bad boy. I know. Look, he's breaking windows and stealing right? jackets and hats. And and that sort of shit, because of how Giles was raised, was performative until it was a habit. So you don't know how much of this is the habit of being a ripper and now this is who he is. Yeah. Or you gotta you gotta perform and learn your bad boy if that's not natural to you until it becomes habit. Yeah, because there's a lot so that comes an- there's a lot of his like when we get to it later on down the line that you know it's a little you could tell just how much it's he it's yeah. musical theater yeah like, <laughs> levels of like bad boy yeah yeah when he wants to go confront angel in the the last finale that he kind of like he, he turned it on there you know like when he was getting tortured and stuff yeah. you know he's like it's like i'm gonna be the bad yeah be the badass yeah there's there's like there's there's childish bad boy and then there's like deal resolves fine and it sort of melds in between a little bit and, and all that sort of stuff but like this is definitely like yeah i'm a bad boy i 
fuck your consequences. Yeah. Fuck your rules. <laughs> I'm going to roll my cigarettes up to my shirt sleeve and go like, <laughs> like And I'm going to fuck your mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we're getting there because... Twice. With the officer taken care of, Giles tucks the gun into his waistband and approaches Joyce, who has moved to sitting on top of the police car. Giles tells her that he said he'd never use it. She says he was very cool, very Burt Reynolds. Oh, Joyce, my heart, your references are so perfect for you. <laughs> she then removes her gum as the two scoot back and yeah, yeah, they're, they're having sex. Yeah. Atop a police car. In the street. Outside so of the that, store. They just vandalized. With so people like, wandering around. That's my thing. I didn't even think about that until I was watching that this week. Oh, yeah. There oh, no. people everywhere. And they're just having, like, <laughs> does Joyce have a thing for exhibitionism? I don't like, think anybody what else, cares. What else is going on on the street? Like, teenagers are, like fascinated by their sex life and the sex lives of others or whether they exist or not like they are fucking on a cop car i think one of the times a cop is unconscious on the ground there are passers-by are people like damn boy get it or they just like walking past me like i have other things to do i'm going to go get more candy here's my theory here's my theory because we do find out we do find an ear out an earshot that they had sex twice I think they had sex before they went out. I don't, I think they were making out on this cop car. I don't think they necessarily. No. Did they? On the cop car. Sure Buffy says they had sex on, on the, top car. the cop okay. car. Okay. Did that, did it she say that? on the cop car. Okay. And Giles yeah. makes love like a stevedore. Okay. I couldn't remember if she referenced the cop car. No, no. She referenced it. Okay. <laughs> I can't. I forgot about the Steven or Thomas. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. god! <laughs> oh, you burly, like hardworking laboring man. Fuck me like you do your dockside whores. Like like a stevedore. Not draw me like one of your French ladies. Fuck me like one of your dockside. <laughs> we lost control. I forgot about the stevedore. <sighs> okay, so what? like since we're talking about stevedores and sex, let's talk about Burt Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, man, good segue. I, I just, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, he was a sex symbol at some point. He was. He was. He, did, he like, was. Playboy spread. He was very Playgirl. much. He was. Yeah, but Bert... my mom. My mom said he was like one of the first male. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Just him and his mustache, and maybe a well-placed hand to hide. I'm just always gonna think of him as being the sheriff in Best Little Warehouse in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. No, Burt Reynolds was Burt Reynolds was a thing back back in the day. Oh yeah. I I wonder if Joyce thinks he's a stevedore. I I just don't know why. Like, does she go down to the docks when the cargo's coming in for like the museum and oh, like something coming. watch them sweating in the sun, like shirtlessly unloading boxes? It's like, here's your crate of precious goods and historical artifacts, Miss Summers. And she's like, oh my, 
Can you move it a little to the left? Oh, no, I want that straight over there, Mr. Stevedore. Like, is that where this comes from? How is you, this thing? Can you bend oh, over for me? Oh, I seem to have dropped my itemized checklist of incoming shipments. Can you pick it up off the ground? I hate to tell you all this is what happens now. <laughs> I refuse to believe anything else. Yeah, I mean... She's got some illicit cargo committed on some of those shipments, added an extra few line items into the boxes for her illegal. I fully believe you with with her life of crime. Yeah. And the Stevedore oh, is an added oh, oh, her 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 whole black market dealings, I mean It's canon now. Basically. It is. It is. Yes. Except it. So we're back on the scene of the accident. Getting out of his car, the other guy flees as the gang stumbles out of their own car onto the street. Taking one look at the side of it, Buffy freaks. Snyder doesn't help, telling her that her mom is going to kill her. That may be true, but Buffy's starting to notice the bigger issue. As the adults are still hanging out in the park, or on a street corner, wandering about without a care in the world, leaving their homes, their businesses, the children unguarded. So where are all the vampires? It's like, soup's on, but nobody's grabbing a spoon. Oz says it sounds like something is happening. Someplace that is else? Buffy guesses it's probably something big. Snyder complains that someone took his candy, and a light bulb switches on for the Slayer. The candy! Someone put a spell on it, like a curse. Snyder looks very upset <laughs> by this. He has a curse? Someone can't imagine using candy for evil, and Oz says his parents ate a ton of it. <laughs> That's when Buffy slams Snyder up against one of the cars. What does he know? Who's behind it? He doesn't know. It came through the school board. She knew that crowd. Does he know where to get it? He nods and Buffy turns to Willow and Oz. She needs them to grab Xander and Cordy and head for the library. Look up what they can. Candy curses? Disturbing second childhoods. Got it. <laughs> Buffy, on the other hand, is taking Rat Boy and heading to the source. Which takes them to the outside of the factory, warehouse, whatever. A place that looks a lot like the alley outside the Bronx. I think we're having the exact same alley issue again this season. Yeah, there's there's one alley and it goes everywhere. The workers have given up on selling the candy and are just flinging it into the crambling, clamoring <laughs> crowd outside. A crowd that includes Joyce and Giles making out. Buffy pulls up and begins storming towards the door. When she first passes her mom and Giles, she doesn't recognize them and so rolls her eyes. But then, <laughs> then she goes back. Mom? Giles? Not bothering to stop, Giles tells Buffy to go away. <laughs> That's when Buffy pulls her mom away. Where did she get that coat? <laughs> Giles tries to tell her to back off, but Buffy tells him to think about this. Does he really want to fight her? Realizing that no, no he does not, the watcher steps back, but pretends it was because he wanted a smoke. <laughs> Ripper even has enough sense not to fight a slayer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buffy goes to Joyce. Does she remember who she is? Of course. She's Buffy. It looks like they're giving away some candy. Does she want some candy? No! No, she does not. And neither does Joyce. Joyce says she's fine. She can have some candy if she wants. She is most certainly not fine. She needs to go home. Looking at Buffy, Joyce just says, screw her. I do what I want. <laughs> Buffy goes out and slays stuff, and Joyce isn't allowed to say anything about it. Well, this is what Joyce wants, so get off her back. 
Buffy begins to plead with her, but Giles just reaches around Buffy and grabs Joyce's hands. If her mom wants candy, then let her have sodding candy. In an attempt to distract her mother, Buffy points to the car. Look at that. See that dent? She did that. <laughs> Joyce is just, what was she thinking? She bought a geek machine. <laughs> Tony's laugh when she says that, I can't tell if that's scripted or if, or if that him. is literally just Tony breaking at how like ridiculous <laughs> Christine is being and how delightful it is. Yeah. Cause, cause that's where he has like the cigarette between his yeah. lips and he's, he's laughing. Buffy goes to Giles, but before she can really say anything, he tells her that he is her watcher. And so she needs to do what he tells her now. Sod off. <laughs> her response. She takes a cigarette, throws it to the ground and stomps it out, hissing, take her home <laughs> before once again, heading for the door. Grabbing Joyce's hand, Giles follows. It doesn't take much for Buffy to overpower the workers outside, and so she heads in, taking her mom with her, as her mom will be safer with her than the crowd. Giles comes along, telling Buffy to leave her be, and not wanting to be left out of the action, now that he has found new super cool friends, (laughs) Snyder also follows. (laughs) As they get inside, Buffy tells Joyce to stay. She begins looking around and finds Ethan on the phone. Telling Trick or whoever that the town should be wide open by now, and therefore they are free to go whenever. But when Buffy says his name and he notices her, well, he tells them he they might want to hurry. Dallas <laughs> has also stepped up then, greeting him with a terse, Ethan. Ripper. Ethan immediately takes <laughs> off running, and as both Buffy and Giles give chase, uh, okay, okay the shot... Shot at Giles. Mm-hmm. Jump it. Mm-hmm. Over. Yes. Repeat. Just, just, yeah, I need a gift of that. But also, okay, let's talk about Giles' outfit for a sec. Because Tony was asked about this. Because they said, you know, whatever he's wearing should be something that we would believe would be in Giles's closet. And so Tony said, if you look really closely, you can see that the jeans are covered in paint. Mm-hmm. And so... The idea is that these are Giles's like weekend slash housework trousers. Yep. And then, you know, he has undershirts and then you just threw the flannel on with it. And to da he suddenly looks very different. Yeah. Yeah. Cause younger. you do, you do get, especially later on when he is removed as Buffy's watcher, you get to see more of his casual sweaters. You're you're just so yeah. used to seeing him at school and after school. You don't see him much on the weekends. Like we've gotten him in his yeah. pajamas. We've gotten oh, those are nice. Other you know random things, but yeah, it it makes sense that he has those things, and of course, is yeah. he's going to choose what he can from his limited closet because Ripper's not going to wear the dad sweater. I like that also because when with Joyce's outfit, is it like it is it is the continual transformation of what she's wearing into adding the new pieces. Like mm-hmm. I love that she's got like the full length like mom dress that like is a stereotypical like this is just a dress that is a thing that buttons all the way from like neck like oh the, the buttons yeah. over the t shirt to the floor, but like she doesn't take that off, but she undoes it and then yeah. you've got the long thing with like the shorter stuff underneath it that i don't know if she just put something like kind of hip on under her dress like when she left the house with camouflage or if this is what she wears under her dress but she just 
it's it's this slow transformation where the pieces are yeah. are moving for different things and now she's got the stolen coat with the weird feathers, feathers yeah out of it. yeah and like the long like sort of overdressed thing with that where she's like and she's got transforming and, what they have into the new and she's got like knee high boots on yeah yeah so yeah, yeah the like wardrobe department did a great job yeah because i like i like what they did with taking from making it look like it came from their closet but trying yeah. to have the personality that they would have had at that point yeah yeah but speaking of giles and ethan i am kind of sad that they didn't take this opportunity to show us another side of their interaction. And I, and I know it's probably a time thing. It would probably be just be cramming too much in the episode that you still wanted Giles to be semi helpful. But if Giles is really in this like repressed 17 year old, he would have been happy to see Ethan. Yeah. Well, but, but his past history is not gone. Yeah. Like he knows, he knows that, because everybody, everybody knows, like, what has happened to them since their teenage years. So it's not that he just knows that Ethan has caused shit for him recently. Sure. So yeah. he's not okay. really, he's not really thinking yeah, like, completely like, yeah. as Ripper. Yeah, so, I'm also thinking, I'm also thinking e- Ethan, yeah. Ethan probably scorned Giles before he became Giles while he was still Ripper and they probably had a falling out before his whole Ripper persona went out. So even though, you know, even his Ripper mentality, he still hates him because he hated him when he was Ripper. That's why they're ex-boyfriends. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, like he like what's happened with Ethan in the past that even we've seen on the show, like hasn't been erased. Like like Joyce was saying it was more like a dream uh, yeah but it's it's still there and also like ethan is obviously at the center of this thing that's going on and he's like ah let's fuck him up get some answers fuck yeah him and up. also also ripper is just being his choosing violence his choosing violent self <laughs> that's true ripper wakes up every day and <laughs> yeah yeah he doesn't know anything else in the library cordelia says at first this whole thing was kind of fun it just seemed like they were in really good mood but then, sadness, Cordelia nods. Her mom started borrowing her clothes. There should be an age limit on, like, pants. Recording. And her dad, well, he just locked himself in the bathroom with old copies of Esquire. Oh, Cordy. <laughs> Ew. So much information. Ew. Ew. Xander doesn't get it. Like, Candy's supposed to make you feel all immature and stuff, but he had a ton. And he doesn't feel any... Never mind. <laughs> He hands Willow a book, and as he does so, their thumbs touch. There's a brief, <sighs> very brief gaze between them before Xander retreats to the stacks. Willow follows him with her eyes and just kind of stares at both Xander and Oz. So she's a bit taken aback when Cordy asks, does she want to swap? <laughs> what? Does she want to swap books? Because the one Cordy's been looking through is very thick, and she's not even sure it's in English. <laughs> oh. Uh, so I've always wondered about what Xander says about the chocolate. Okay? And I know I understand the answer is magic. Yeah. Magic. The answer is magic. The candy works this way because of magic. Mm-hmm. But 
Like you, like we said earlier, the adults aren't going to adult bars and just getting wasted. They aren't just sitting at home and smoking pot like in their basement. They are going to youth spaces. They are having this regressed state. So why wouldn't it have any effect on Xander? Wouldn't you see like, like it would have been a great opportunity to see like Xander almost take off on that like, Back to that like 12, 13 year old emotional thing, especially with the shit with Willow going on. And yeah. I'm like, but why doesn't it have any effect on her? Well, I think it's all right. Here we go. So I think it's when you look at what is the intentionality behind the spell. The spell is to get people acting immature, acting like teenagers. Um, and like, it's, it's how does that function? Does it sort of revert like the neurochemical stuff in the brain to where you are in the teenage state and that sort of development? So like you were sort of taken back to that part of your development, but with even potentially less impulse control and all that, like where you want to, you're, you want to be out, you want to be out of the house, you want to be doing things, you want to be with your friends, you want to be having fun. And there's no impulse control and there's no one telling you you can't do that because all the adults are gone do you need to have everyone just be younger or do you have them need to be specifically that impulsive sort of do what you want herd socially teenage state because if so Xander's kind of in that already like his brain is already wired as a teenager he doesn't need to revert back to the kind of teenager he was He's already there. Yeah, see, I always, like, watching it, watching this the last couple times, and just really, because again, like, we're watching it, thinking about things a lot more. Watching it the last time, like, I was thinking the whole playing footsie thing might have been part of the spell. Like you said, he's already in an immature, but I don't think that they would have been doing that because they've been they've been trying to keep apart. They've been trying to mm-hmm. to do things. So I think like that's what I think about the chocolate was just making it slightly less impulse control for him. Because they have been trying to control themselves. They have been trying to be not close, but the chocolate with the spell took that impulse control down a few notches. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, but it's, it's not as dramatic. It's not as drastic as it's not. The it's not going to be no. as. It's not going to be as drastic. And I think, like when he said, "I've had a ton of this and it didn't do anything," something clicked in his brain, where yeah. he was like, uh, "Oh, okay, you know, yeah. subtle things." Messing thing, around with Willow too much. Subtle things. <laughs> it's it's a lot more subtle for Xander because he already is a teenager and he doesn't have that impulse yeah. control. With the teenagers versus adults, it's kind of like. Someone who doesn't drink at all and they have a drink and they're like, Woo, look at me, I'm a like so that's the adults. They haven't had a drink in years. But teenagers are functional alcoholics. So you give them a drink, they're like, I'm fine, I'm I'm functional. I drink every day, every day, you know, all the time. Okay. Yeah, so they're so they're 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 the functionals and then once you get it because you they've been off for, for, for so long. Yeah. Like but that that's what this episode is about though, right? Is the generational generational like friction with boundaries and authority setting like yeah, it starts with buffy being over scheduled over regulated because she'd fucked off 
and like now she's back now she's reined in more mm. and she's chafing against it and this is what happens when all of that truly goes away but when yeah. it goes away the people doing that are now acting like you and that's not good either so it's it's like finding the balance as you're growing up and it's like energy boundaries and all these things and sometimes you need help setting boundaries outside of yourself and sometimes structure is good this is madness <laughs> it's always a very special episode on buffy oh yeah <laughs> ethan's still on the run making his way through the maze of foxes with buffy and giles following close behind giles looking like he's not loving all the running <laughs> eventually buffy stops running and begins meandering watching listening employing the skills giles taught her earlier giles on the other hand is attempting to catch his breath buffy tells him that's what smoking will do to you because <laughs> oh yes the 90s when we still let characters smoke on tv but we had to yeah. mention how it was bad for them yeah now we just put a warning up on top of the screen yeah. to go with our day yeah gore violence like and smoking smoking yeah, cartoon violence, fantasy violence. <laughs> Buffy tries to get a read on where Ethan might be. She eventually hears something and with a roundhouse kick breaks open a wooden crate pulling Ethan through. <laughs> oh, look, a box full of farm fresh chicken. Here's Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> While all this has been going on, Joyce has been waiting with Snyder, the two of them sitting eating chocolate. Joyce asks if Snyder thinks they're okay. He nods and then asks Joyce if she and Giles are, you know, going steady. As he asks, he attempts to scoot closer. <laughs> Joyce can't believe it. She rolls her eyes because nerd and hops off the belt they've been sitting on. Buffy wants to know what the deal is. What are they playing? They're pretty much in a talk or bleed situation. But the choice, it's his. Giles thinks she should just hit him. <laughs> hit him. Ethan would like them both to know that this was not his idea. Meaning, he's subcontracting. It's trick they want. He's just helping him collect a tribute. For a demon. Giles thinks he's lying. And Buffy should hit him. <laughs> Buffy doesn't think he is. And she tells Giles to shut up. <laughs> She's his slayer. Now knock his teeth down his throat. <laughs> Giles! He is. He is. I... I do like Giles' level of excitement here. I get to play with my toy. <laughs> Giles just really wants someone to hit Ethan. Do yeah. It. What demon? <laughs> Ethan doesn't remember. And so Buffy hits him. Something that gets a little yes, yes. from Giles. <laughs> I love that. He's I so love... excited. He is. He is excited. Suddenly, Ethan seems to remember. Lurconis. It's a demon named Lurconis. They needed a way to get the tribute away from people. So he's just a version guy? More than a diversion. They said the mm -hmm. tribute was big. So big that people would never let them take it. People needed to be out of it. So out of it that once the candy wore off, they blamed themselves. Hence, land of the irresponsible. Where's Trick? Ethan doesn't know. Giles says for her to hit him again, and she does move to do so, but Ethan says he really doesn't know. Delivering the tribute. Ah, uh, yes. That brings them to the bonus question, and Ethan better believe when Buffy says a wrong answer will cost him all his points. <laughs> Giles is practically beaming at the thoughts. 
what's the tribute? We don't get Ethan's answer. Nope. Instead, we go to a hospital. A maternity ward, to be uh... exact. Too busy eating candy slash watching television, the nurse on the duty is ignoring both the constant ringing of the phones and the small coterie of vampires that just walked in, strolling past her to steal several infants. Well, this just got dark. It's the babies. Okay. Okay. So we see the vampires go in and take the babies. Yes. And we see the babies in the sewer. Yes. Why did you need the whole town to be hopped up on chocolate for that? Go because in, kill the nurses, take the babies. When you see pe- them transitioning the babies, nobody does anything about it. You could take those babies, just walk down the street, do your thing. Nobody, because like, no one's gonna nobody in town cares. But nope. okay, if I'm Trick and my vampires, I'm going to use the sewers, go into the hospital, go in, kill the nurse, take the baby, and go back through the sewers. Yeah. Never yeah. passing another person. Yeah. Mary, Mary, Ethan. Mary, what? Kevin has something for you. Well, well, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say the hell mouth, but no. <laughs> Ethan says it right beforehand because it's they the people will be upset about it that it happened and want to go after whoever did it, but they're with everyone being all stupid, they will blame themselves. Right. So it, well, okay. He but doesn't I... want to draw attention to them. He wants them to blame themselves. It's chaos. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess, yes, that makes sense. But something on this level, I thought they would have been, like, Pied Pipering the children. Like, you're taking all the children, and that's why you needed this. Here's, here's the thing, like, all right. They need so, babies, if you think specifically. broadly, the primary goal of the parental generation is the safety and growth of their children, right? Yes. That's how the species survives. So that's the primary yes. goal. So if you're not thinking like technical logistics of taking these like four or five babies, <laughs> then the goal is you remove that drive of protecting the next generation. That's the goal. Now you can do whatever you want with the babies because that instinct is gone. That's what they're overriding okay. broadly so they can specifically get these babies. Yeah, because if you so- see a bunch of strange people walking around with crying babies. I mean, it might be their babies. Who knows? But like, yeah. but still, you you might question it. But it's the the like, we you knock that out to take the babies and just it's 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 the metaphor, not the logistics. You know what? Like, we wouldn't have one of the greatest episodes. Yeah, yeah. the people this in the hospital would have fought tooth and nail for it too. You know, like a lot of people would have yeah. put up. You could you know, just like go like, in and take these fought babies. to the you know. To yeah, they want they want a big return babies. without too much. Difficulty, high reward, little risk. Yeah, yeah. just just let the logistics go. You could sneak in in the night and take these babies. Like, I mean, it's not like there's a lot of security at the fucking Sunnydale Hospital, you know. <laughs> no, no, but it's no. it's the principle of the matter. It's the metaphor of the matter. Not how do I get these babies to my bad CGI snake demon in? The <laughs> no, apparently, and apparently, the only the only security guard at Sunnydale was played by Willie Garson. Yep. And unfortunately, he died both in the episode and in real life. So there's no security at Sunnydale Hospital. Buffy, on the phone with Willow, tells them they're looking for a demon, Lurconis. If they could find something about a tribute, what sort of tribute? Buffy's unsure. Her source is all tapped out. 
<laughs> she looks over at Ethan, who is currently being taunted by Snyder. Snyder telling him that she whooped him good. We're launching into what I am sure he thinks are impressive martial arts. <laughs> Apparently, didn't he, say he took. Didn't he say he took lessons at the Y? Yeah, <laughs> he did. He took Taekwondo. He took Taekwondo. Yeah, he took. He took Taekwondo at the Y. Does he and Angel have classes? They have classes <laughs> yes. like they pass they each do. other in the hall. They do. Well, I mean, Angel has night classes, obviously. And since Snyder's a principal, he would have to take them at night, too. See? Uh, I love the choice of Taekwondo because that is, or was, I don't know if she still does, the martial arts that Sarah herself studied. Mm. Joyce, however, is not impressed. <laughs> and rolls her eyes as Buffy tells Willow that no, she's sure it's a demon. A big one. With everyone distracted, Ethan sees his chance to escape. He grabs a crowbar and makes to hit Buffy, but Giles pulls the gun holding it to his neck. Turning, Buffy sees this and knocks Ethan unconscious, handing her mom the phone and telling Giles to hand her the gun. (laughs) Now. A moment later, her mom is telling her that she's needed back on the phone real bad. As it seems, Oz has located their demon. A tribute to Larconis is made every 30 years. A ritual feeding. And since this one is late, it's bound to be a big one. Lurconis eats, oh, babies. Lurconis eats babies. <sighs> yum, yum. Hanging. Get in my belly. <laughs> Hanging up, Buffy says they need to move out. What about Ethan? See if they can find something to tie him up with. Looking a bit. Not embarrassed per se, but definitely sheep. <laughs> Sheepish is the word that I would use for. Yeah, Joyce produces a pair of handcuffs. Buffy never wants to know. <sighs> never. Unfortunately, Buffy, you will find out later. Arriving at the hospital, they're too late. The babies are gone, and the nurse says she never saw who took them. Joyce is deeply saddened by the thought of someone eating those tiny babies. And Snyder, still trying to get in with her, says, that is so wrong. (laughs) Giles thinks they should do something about it. Go find the demon that did this and kick its arse. Is that what happens next? If they knew where he was. Lacronis dwells beneath the city, filth to filth. It's an almost automatic response on Giles' end, and he's a bit surprised by it. (laughs) Seems he knows this one. Or knew it. Laconis means glutton, and they'll find him in the sewers. The sewers? Joyce just keeps getting more and more distraught. <laughs> she goes to Giles for comfort. Those little babies must be so scared. Aww. And I, I like this because, like, okay, like, yes, it's a very, I mean, it's a very human response. It's a very teenage girl response to be mm-hmm. like, oh, those little tiny things. Yeah. And I mean, it is, her mom is still in there. But it also explains the overreaction in Gingerbread. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that we're tying into, like, Joyce's very, like, oh, whenever, like, small children any, are involved. Any babies, yeah. any children are, are in trouble. And I like how you can see Giles coming out of the, yeah. the high. And that his actual brain is kicking... So I don't know. See, okay, that's an interesting read. Because I didn't I didn't think that was so much what was going on hmm. as like 
even as a teenager, Giles knew this stuff. Yeah. His father was a watcher. His grandmother was a watcher. His grandmother headed the watcher. Yeah, council. yeah. So it's kind of the like, no, wait, wait. I've heard this. Yeah, no, I see. I Yeah. Like, again, he didn't, he doesn't forget. Like, they're, they're reverted in their state, but, like, he wouldn't have forgotten True. all of the stuff yeah. that he knew also. But, like, yeah, like, he was rebelling from his responsibilities, but they're still, like, even as Ripper, you can't kill all the no. Yeah, see, there was, there, but like, the way that I, like, the way that I was seeing it is I was also looking at his facial expressions and his gestures. I was almost seeing it, you know, when you're drunk. And you're trying to think of something. You're trying to think of something like, yeah, we 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 have no experience with that. But you're you're like you're you're, you're that hyper focus mm. where you are trying to remember these words that you want to say. That's how it looked to me in that scene. Okay, like it clicked in his like yes, he knows it and he remembers it because of his training, but. In that moment, it was Giles focusing and pushing through that haze of the spell. And yeah, like he was still Ripper, but that bit of Giles was pushing out and coming through. I can see that. It was just a very subtle moment that he had. Like, I really liked the way Tony played that that bit. Snyder thinks they should go hunt down the demon while he stays behind. <laughs> Just in case the babies find their way back. <laughs> Giles can't believe it. He's scared of a little demon. Buffy quickly gets between them. She needs everyone to stop and listen to her. She needs help. Grown-ups. Because these children are going to die if they don't act in soon. There's no room for mistakes. Besides, they're wigging her out. Giles apologizes and her mother says they can behave she tells Snyder to go home and he does relieved to have it out Uh, Yeah. Giles her mom and her are going to the sewers and no more making out to be fair to be fair Snyder you tagged along with them this is true this is true but he didn't know what he was getting into yeah (laughs) down in the sewers the mayor and Trick wait while the acolytes of Laconis prepare the tribute Trick is clearly getting impatient, but the mayor is using the time to do a little work. Oh, I love him. I don't know. He's not, like, emailing because we didn't really have smartphone. He must be, like, on a Palm Pilot. Yeah, yeah, some type um, of... Or Blackberry. I think the first Blackberries came out about this time. Yeah. He calls his secretary, asking her to talk to Public Works and to cancel his meeting. Buffy drops down then and immediately goes after the acolytes while her mother and Giles get the babies out of harm's way. Giles then goes to assist, knocking some of the acolytes out while Buffy stakes the others. One goes tumbling into the water, and soon a rumbling sound can be heard. Laconis, who is a giant-ass, badly CGI'd snake. Yes, who, like, is. Like, like, borrowed from the set of Hercules and motherfucking Zena. <laughs> yes. Right. yes! Yeah. Yeah. I was it, thinking this, the same thing. This was so not good. their best. This was not their best CG work. It is 1998, and it is a giant sewer snake demon. They do what they can with their budget. <laughs> this is pretty yeah, much the, that. Yeah. So, Mary, this is another one for your uh, Sunnydale petting zoo. Oh, where... yes! Home house petting zoo, yeah. 
petting zoo where you can have a you have a little uh, baby exchange thing where your babies fall out when you put a quarter in and you can feed it to it. Yes, I love it. <laughs> oh, we still need a logo for the the Hellmouth petting zoo, and now I want to make like a little map because we have the <laughs> the, the Laconis feeding area. We're gonna have to keep like an, a running idea of like. Yeah, yeah. The different things we encounter for the Sunnydale Petting Zoo. The Mantis Lady. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, the the Bug House. <laughs> he feeds on the falling acolyte and ducks back into his tunnel. Seeing Buffy, Trick says he normally lets others do his fighting for him, but this time he really needs to see what she's made of. Giles, rushing to take him on instead, ends up in the same small pool that the acolyte oh, did. Giles. But this time, when Lurconis comes, Buffy grabs. A gas pipe, right? Because the mayor just said yeah. it was exposed. Yeah, he forced yeah, yeah. yeah, he set yeah. that up. And torches him. He retreats, as does Trick. The Trick promises there will be fun times ahead. They can never just leave. <laughs> oh, that's boring. Joyce wants to know if they can go home now, and yeah, they can. Buffy has the SATs in the morning, after all. Joyce says, blow them off. <laughs> They'll write her a note. I love that. That's so good. I'll write you yeah, a note. I'll Fuck write that. you a note. Yeah. Buffy's tempted, but nah, she'll take them. With Joyce cooing over the infants, the three head topside. In the mayor's office, it's clear he is not pleased. That night did not go at all as he planned. <laughs> he asks about Ethan, and Trick says he paid him. No need to burn that bridge. The man did his job. True. Trick also feels he did the mayor a favor. Laconis is gone. One less demon the mayor has to pay tribute to. The mayor agrees, but says, in the future, perhaps Trick should watch how many favors he does for the mayor. Mm -hmm. We wrap up this episode by returning to Sunnydale High. Snyder is back to his old self, declaring the Scoobies to be four young people with too much time on their hands. <laughs> Us doesn't think they are, and, and Cordy tries to tell him they're busy, like bees. They're bee-like. But Snyder just continues, it seems like someone van some vandalism happened over the weekend, and they look like they'd love to volunteer. Looking over at the lockers he's talking about, ones that have been spray-painted, Willow is confused. <laughs> kiss rocks? Who would want to kiss? Well, oh. <laughs> they are still a band in the 1990s, Willow. Like, come on, girl. Come I on. know. I know. Snyder says he'll get them some paint. Outside, Buffy walks with Giles. She says it was just too weird. <laughs> like, nothing made sense anymore. Like, everything she knew was gone. So, was that the math or the verbal? Mostly, mostly the verbal. He tells her if she feels her score's too low, that she can always take them again. <laughs> More SATs? No, thank you. They head to where Joyce is waiting, and things suddenly become <laughs> very awkward. Oh. Yeah, they does. Oh. Awkward. Trying to break the silence, Giles says it looks like Joyce's car had quite the adventure. Joyce says it did, yes, but Buffy assures her it happened battling evil, so she's letting her pay it off on an installment plan. Ah, uh, the accident was not Buffy's fault. <laughs> Wouldn't the other guy be paying? I mean, I understand nobody is probably owning up to doing this. They didn't, they didn't exchange insurance. They're yeah, just, there was no... Gonna, yeah. We don't know who hit her car. Yeah, there was no... Yes, I mean, probably, yeah. but in a regular base, but no. She like, Apparently, she only has liability. <laughs> or at least the copay is high enough that yeah. she has to pay for it. Though copays in the 90s 
were like, you know, maybe like two fifty five hundred dollars on like the thousand or multiple thousands they are these days. Buffy says the way things were going, her mom should be glad that was all that happened. And hey, at least she got to the two of them before something happened. As Buffy heads round to the passenger side, Joyce and Giles look at one another. Right. As they quickly turn from one another, we go to black. The end. Yay! Best so, episode. I feel like, and I couldn't find any information on this, and, and normally they do talk about this, uh-huh. but I feel like this episode is one that they kind of debated where to place it for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because Joyce makes a big deal about Buffy going to the bronze. She was at the bronze in Faith, Hope, and Trick. Yeah. And the fact that, like, the whole town is going crazy, but Faith isn't, like, trying to hunt the others down, like, the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, it probably... It's very weird. Yeah, so I think it... this is when they moved a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, because I did, I did at one point when I was watching this in one of the many times that I've watched this episode, wondered where Faith was. Yeah. Because this would have been a great episode for Faith to be in, too, because she, she would have had totally a blast. That. She has... She's one of the people with no control. Faith would have gotten along a little too well with Ripper. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Where was... They're cut from the same cloth. Where has Faith been? Well, she only was introduced two episodes ago, and then she does appear in Homecoming. Or no, three episodes ago, because it's Faith, Hope, and Trick, and then she's in Beauty and the Beast, and she's in Homecoming, and then she disappears for this episode, and then the next episode is Faith-centric. Yeah. So, I mean, she could have been taking some time to herself. Yeah. But it does just seem weird when, like, the point of the thing is the whole town is in chaos. Faith isn't like, uh, maybe I should go find everybody else. Or she just found some adults that really have yeah. fun. That, I mean, yeah. Maybe she is getting her party on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe she was at the fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she hooked up with Vampire, what's her name? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, 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 uh, two. It's like a slovenly, slovenly Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Oh, boy. oh, oh, yeah, David. So like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, Faith doesn't. Faith doesn't really fully like buy in to this model yet, does she? She doesn't, and I mean that's something we've talked. We've talked about. You'll hear once you you get to those episodes because yeah. I don't think many of them have been released yet. They don't, and I mean that's obviously intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can't have Faith become part of the group and take her on the journey you're going to take her on. Yeah. So it it doesn't seem odd that she would take some time for herself. It just is a little jarring after having her there mm-hmm. to not. And and also like when because one of the things one of the things that we talk about in Homecoming is she's one of the people that are she's being a great friend. <laughs> To Buffy. She's the only person being a She's good friend. She's the only person Homecoming. being a good friend in Homecoming. And so, like, yeah, for, to not have her around, it is kind of obvious. But I would love, I would love, like, a scene in an episode later where they're talking about this and she's just like, man, I missed a lot when I went out of town. Yeah. 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 I know she'd probably be very, very sad. Yeah. Oh yeah, because we know how she feels about Giles. I have to take note to what um Snyder like pays attention because all of a sudden everyone remembers what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, so what 
I, I have to pay attention more to what Snyder actually act, what he acts, you know, to the Scooby group because. Oh, he's, he's still, no, he's still like yeah. with the Scoobies. He's still a shit. Does he, does he just put his head back in the sand and call he, it a yeah, day? He's firmly yeah. in the camp of the mayor. Yeah. 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 yeah he, he is like, he is 100% on board with the mayor. He's back to being a yeah. kiss ass. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, so does anyone have any final thoughts before we wrap um, up? Yeah, I I love this episode in this season. Like, well, duh, it's a great episode and yeah. <laughs> it's a good season. But like, with how things are moving, like knowing where we're gonna go in the mm-hmm. next couple of episodes and sort of where we've been, that like when you start talking this episode talking about rites of passage, and you start talking about like what differentiate like what differentiates childhood. And, you know, the broad definition of child, children, be like teenagers and everything between mm-hmm. adulthood and what we know what's going to be coming down the road with, like, the the Watchers. I don't I don't know how spoilery to be, because I don't know what Kevin oh, knows about what happens or not. Oh, very spoilery. Oh, yeah, we went, we got, oh, and we okay. got up to, we got yes. up to, we got up to season four. We got up to oh. college and everything with okay. me and Kevin, yeah. so. So, but, like, because we're talking about the rites of passage, all the markers of rites of passage, we've been talking about. Buffy's reluctance to plan for a future, to do all the things that, that teenagers do to mark that transition from childhood to, I'm finger, I'm air quoting adult for college because I feel yeah. 100 years old now. But they're, <laughs> they're all things that are future thinking, that, yeah. that are the internal and external markers of I am passing through the goalposts to no longer be a kid, to be an adult, to have a future, to move to the rest of my life. That like, Buffy is always so hesitant to partake in these rituals and rites of passage yep. because she's got an expiration date and she knows it. That like that tension between doing what kids do, growing up and and following a normal development path and the Slayer development path, which is like like a forced maturation in a lot of ways mm-hmm. while you're still not societally accepted as mature. When she says, I, I did fine on my own, waitressing, being Anne in the real world. Like, her mom's like, that's not telling How me it should be. Yeah. How it should be. But it's like, if Buffy had to today, she could leave and she'd be fine. Because mm-hmm. she's got adult responsibilities as not recognized as an adult. But she's not fully developed into her adult self yet. But it's just that the, the, everything with rites of passage as they go through these markers. SATs college thoughts like career day like everything leading up to what is the slayer rite of passage yeah and how often people don't survive that and no one seems to give a fuck because they're disposable mm-hmm. that like you see the two sides of her at war as she's growing and like how she and her circle around her react to the rites of passage from both sides and how it sort of moves through things. And it makes me crazy because I'm just like, Buffy, no! Buffy, it'll be okay! She doesn't know that. But like, yeah. Will it be okay? It'll If she fucks up the SATs, she'll be fine. If she fucks up the Slayer Rite of Passage and Helpless, she won't be. And it's just always those two sides of her life and her realities are so fascinating mm-hmm. to me. And the thing I like about Helpless, too, is how it's going to show the two sides of Giles and how he knows and you see, and how you see from the beginning of 
the series to that point where he goes from trying to be aloof and not be close. And then you get Travers coming in, telling him flat out that you have a father's love for her. So the fact that everybody and and he's like, yeah, that's what makes me a good watcher. When you go back and think also with Ripper, Ripper rebelled against this entire system. He didn't he didn't want his life dictated to him. He wanted to do his own thing and make his own choices. He always knew this was part of a watcher's responsibilities. Mm -hmm. That's also something else he was rebelling from. It's not necessarily like, oh, this one thing about being a watcher. I don't want to have my life prescribed into this. But he always knew that was part of the responsibility. So everything he was running away from included putting his slayer through this process. So he knew always when he came back, when he left, that this was something he took up as a responsibility with the rest of it. And that tension of him not wanting to do it just sort of falls into the tension of the, the authority and control that goes through all of this. Who is in authority over you? Where are you in authority over yourself in that conflict? But he always knew that he had to do this with his player if he mm-hmm. was called on to be the watcher for an active player. Yeah. And that's imagine growing up with that, knowing one day this is my family thing, more likely than not, my player may die. And then I'll just get a yeah. new one or someone yeah. else will have a new one and I'll get another one later. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. And then also then, then, you know, meeting this remarkable girl mm-hmm. who isn't like any other slayer and having to put her through it. So yeah, yeah. we're going to have a lot of fun when we get to helpless. Oh boy. I was going to say, I am glad Julian mentioned that because I know helpless was one of one of the other episodes that she really wanted to talk about with us. So many thoughts and feelings. Yes. Uh, <laughs> also, I think, gingerbread so we'll probably be seeing you a little bit oh in yeah a couple of weeks season three because... there's a lot of thoughts and feelings this is where yeah this is where and this is where like when when i was going through it where i was originally like okay i want to be here 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 mm-hmm. here and here and here well now i get to be here all the time so yeah like Yay. again like oh boy just those those gross umbrage repression like drumhead trial vibes coming yeah. up <laughs> with the gingerbread it all yeah. ties in together that like feeling. yeah does mr froggy have any final thoughts no he's <laughs> gonna add his thoughts in and post yeah that's it for this week thank you all for listening and thank you to mr froggy and jillian for joining Yay. us yeah uh, make sure you join us next time when we take on season three episode seven revelations Until then, you can check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye! Bye!